Hello everyone and thank you for joining me this evening on our Wednesday night live stream service here at Word of Faith Global Ministries. Thank you so much for all of your uh, faithfulness, those of you that are faithful followers of us on our YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. I want to start off the bat today by thanking every single one of you for joining us faithfully on Wednesday nights as well as our Sunday uh, services as well when we have our live stream services. If you're obviously not in the city of Miami Springs uh, or Miami-Dade County or Broward County, if you're away from the state, uh, thank you to those of you that tune in on a consistent basis. Uh, we appreciate you so much and I wanted to begin tonight by uh, just appreciating every single one of you. Uh, let me tell you, we get so much great feedback from you. Uh, I love your comments. I uh, love how you're sharing our messages. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing so. I, I know that many of you that have subscribed to our YouTube channel take advantage of uh, forwarding this message to your friends and family, and we receive those comments back uh, from them. So we appreciate that so much. Please continue to encourage your family and friends to subscribe to our YouTube channel and befriend us also on our Facebook page. For those of you that only watch us on Facebook, that's great. I love it when you start watch parties and you share these messages also. So thank you for doing that. I didn't want to forget uh, and get into the message today without appreciating the fact that so many of you uh, follow us and and have subscribed to our YouTube channel. For those of you that maybe haven't yet subscribed, we are Word of Faith Global Ministries, Miami, Florida. You'll find us there as Miami, Florida on our YouTube channel. And uh, you'll see a little welcome video there. And But please share, please subscribe and, and like uh, our uh, messages as well. And uh, that'll help us with all the algorithms and the messages to get out there. But I wanted to start off tonight by just saying thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Thank you for consistently encouraging uh, me and pastor uh, to just continue with the good fight of faith. Amen. Thank you for those of you who sow seeds into our ministry and just uh, feel that these messages are are uh, transformational to your walk with God. And, and by doing so, uh, you just help us uh, continue with uh, this ministry and continue to be able to go live stream. So we so appreciate it. Um, I want to get to the message tonight right away. So if you have your Bibles or perhaps some of you have your phones with you, I would love to uh, share this word that the Lord has given me, although brief, uh, but I believe that it'll it'll speak to many uh, people. I know for a fact that it'll speak to many people tonight and uh, the upcoming days. But if you would turn to the book of Philemon for me, you'll find that if you go to Hebrews, just flip a, a page, you'll find the book of Philemon. And tonight I'm super excited because we're going to read the book of Philemon in its entirety. So are you ready? But if you're scared because we're going to read the entire book, you'll notice that Philemon only has one chapter, <laughs> amen? Uh, but in any case, it's it's a very important book. I don't think that many preachers actually preach from Philemon. Many years ago, I actually did uh, a preaching on that book alone, and it was very transformational. But tonight, 
I want to get into this because I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that this subject is one that um, should be emphasized in church and should be emphasized in the life of a believer. And you're going to say amen in just a moment. But let's go to Philemon. If you're there, say amen with me. Hallelujah. I want to see some of those comments and uh, those emojis. So it says here, and I'm reading it from the NASB version. It says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother. Obviously, Paul is the writer of this book. It says, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker, and to Athea, our sister, and to Archippus, uh, our fellow so soldier, and to the church in your house. You can tell by the greeting here from Paul that churches were being um, gathered, uh, the gathering of the churches were being held in in houses and the reason for this is that there was much persecution and so christians could no longer meet in synagogues or in temple area or outside for that matter because of the strong persecution taking place so what ended up happening is that a lot of uh, churches per se were meeting in people's homes it says here in verse three grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ verse four says I thank my God always making mention of you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. Remember, he's addressing Philemon in this, in this book. Now it says in verse 6, And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. Here he is, Paul building up, uh, if you will, his dear friend and co-worker in the um, work of the Lord, Philemon. And it says in verse seven for, 7, For I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. <laughs> How beautiful that is. Amen. Uh, Paul here is really acknowledging the fact that Philemon has a, a phenomenal gift of love and, and of grace. And, um, and, he's, and Paul is saying that he's comforted by it. I love that. Verse 8 says, Therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is proper. Listen to this, how interesting. Yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you. Since I am such a person as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. So Paul here is uh, basically saying, I, I, I am Paul the aged, and I know that in reality, with the confidence that I have in Christ, I can uh, basically um, exhort you to do something, but he felt it was proper for the, for the sake of love, to rather appeal to Philemon. Watch what he says here and what is so interesting about this entire story in this book. It says in verse 10, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. So here is an introduction to a gentleman by the name of Onesimus. We're going to find out who he is in just a moment. 
It says, I have sent him back to you in person. That is sending my very heart. Wow. So this, this gentleman, Onesimus, has become a rather important uh, figure in the life of Paul. And we'll find out in a moment as to why. It says, whom I wished to keep with me so that on your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent, I did not want to do anything so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion, but of your own free will. Verse 15, for perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while, that you would have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you both in flesh and in the Lord. So it's obvious here that Onesimus was a slave. Remember, slavery was common in those days, not that it was approved by the Bible or approved by God in any way, shape or form. However, it was a custom. But what ended up happening here, uh, apparently, is that Onesimus fleed his master Philemon. And so here's Paul making intercession for Onesimus who left Philemon. Watch this, how interesting. Verse 17. If then you regard me as, if then you regard me a partner, accept him as you would me. So look how important this is to Paul that he is saying basically that Onesimus would be like him. He would be a representative of Paul himself. So if Philemon, if you were to accept me, you should then therefore accept Onesimus. It says in verse 18, but if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. Wow. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it, not to mention to you that you owe to me even your own self as well. He says in verse 20, Yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, since I know that you will do even more than what I say. So here, Paul is not just expecting that Philemon is going to do the right thing by re-receiving Onesimus, but he knows by Philemon's character that he's going to do above and beyond what Paul is requesting. Wow. It says here, uh, at the same time in verse 22, at the same time also prepare me a lodging for I hope that through your prayers I will be given to you. Paul is desiring to go and, and visit Philemon uh, even in the midst of his imprisonment. Verse 23 says, Epaphras, my beloved, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus greets you as do Mark, uh, Arist Aristarchus, Demas, Demas, Luke, my fellow uh, workers, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you, with your spirit. What a beautiful story. What a beautiful, uh, not story, I should say, a letter, I should say, uh, rather, that Paul is sending to his beloved friend Philemon. Now, 
I titled uh, today's uh, message, if you will, The Power of Forgiveness. I always like to give a little bit of a title to each of these messages so that it could really uh, resonate with us. So this, to, for tonight, I called it The Power of Forgiveness. The Power of Forgiveness. I want to read to you from my Bible commentary, from the Perry Stone Hebraic Bible Commentary, um, regarding the... Um, backdrop if you will of the book of Philemon and it says here Paul begins by stating that he is a prisoner of Jesus Christ though the Romans had arrested him Paul never considered himself a prisoner of Rome which I love that it's so interesting because he didn't give them the credit for it amen he knew that he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ his Lord but a bondservant of of the cause of Christ. At this time, Paul was in Rome and would eventually appear before Caesar Nero. And then it gives some scripture verses here to note. But it says, note that when Paul was converted to Christ on the road to Damascus, he was informed he would suffer greatly for the cause of Christ. Paul wrote Philemon about the same time he wrote two other letters, the epistle of the Colossians, Colossians and an unknown letter to Laodicea. If you see Colossians 4.16, it may refer to that. It says, this letter is addressed to Philemon, a believer and member of the Colossian church. We learn from this letter that he was a fellow laborer with a church in his home. And uh, Paul uh, indicates that Philemon was a man of great faith and had a home where he housed traveling ministers. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a foundational backdrop as to the book and the, uh, the actual letter written to Philemon. Now, uh, Philemon's name means, which is so beautiful and so interesting, and this is what Paul, Paul knew this. And Paul um, exhorts him, right, uh, in the beginning scriptures that we read, the beginning verses that we read. Uh, but his name means affectionate. And that's so beautiful because it really did coincide with who Philemon was. Now, who was Onesimus? Onesimus. I want to read you again so that we can better understand from the Hebraic Study Bible here. It says, uh, it says here, ministers seldom preach about Paul's treatment of Onesimus, though it is one of the epistle's most beautiful accounts of grace extended towards others. And, and again, I said this at the beginning of this message. It's so true because he had such a love for this, for this individual and uh, that, he, that he really wanted Philemon to accept him again. Watch, it says here. This man, Onesimus, was a slave to his owner, Philemon. For some reason, he had run away and was later converted to Christ under Paul's ministry. So this is going to give you a little bit of a better understanding, right? It says, Onesimus is mentioned by name in Colossians 4.9, where Paul calls him a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. Paul refers to this man as his son whom he had begotten, in my bonds in verse 10 in the king james version it says meaning paul had won him to christ while he was a prisoner in rome in the past onesimus had been unprofitable in verse 11 but now as a convert he is profitable beneficial he's a profitable and beneficial believer 
Paul asked Onesimus to return to Philemon and requested that Philemon receive his former runaway slave as he would receive Paul himself. Wow. Paul would have allowed Onesimus to work in his ministry, but he was unwilling to do so without Philemon's permission because of Onesimus' condition as a runaway slave. Do you see here Paul's incredible wisdom? Uh, because he could have kept him there to work together with him alongside in ministry. And he would have been very useful there to Paul. But on the contrary, Paul wants uh, reconciliation, if you will, too. I love that about Paul. Amen. So it says here, let me see if I can find where I was. Um, the most touching aspect of this letter is when Paul asks that Onesimus be treated as though he were Paul himself and offers to personally pay any debt Onesimus might have owed. This is a perfect example of how, how believers should respect and treat one another, demonstrating the power of redemptive love in action. When we can help another brother or sister in Christ, we should do so as though we are helping Christ himself. If we assist uh, the least of these, we are assisting Christ. Isn't that beautiful? I wanted to read that to you so it can kind of get your, your I don't know, your student of the Bible juices flowing so that you can better understand a little bit of the book of Philemon. Uh, but I love this. So Onesimus, Onesimus now we understand means useful or profitable as we just read here. And so we understand according to scripture and according to the commentary that he was not useful before, but now he is of much use. The Believer's Bible Commentary also here reads of verse 6. When we read verse 6, let me read it again to you. So that we're on the same page and I says it and it says and I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. This is the portion of the letter the beginning portion of the letter where Paul is exhorting um, uh, Philemon and it says here in the commentary and I'll read it to you it says the previous two verses express Paul's thanks for Philemon. This one discloses the nature of the apostle's prayer for him. The sharing of your faith means the practical kindness which Philemon showed to others. Again, this was a character of Philemon, which should be a character of all uh, born-again believers and covenant with Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? It says we can share our faith not only by preaching Christ, but also by feeding the hungry, clothing the destitute, comforting the bereaved, relieving the distress, yes, even by forgiving a runaway slave. Paul prayed then that Philemon's life of benevolence would lead many to acknowledge that all his good deeds came from Christ Jesus. You see, uh, before I go on to read the rest of this, uh, Paul wanted to also make sure that Philemon was going to give a good testimony, a good testimony of that redemptive love that Christ shared with, expressed with every single one, every single one of us. Amen. It says there is a tremendous power of influence in a life where the love of God is manifest. 
It is one thing to read about love in a book, but how compelling it is to see the word become flesh in a human life. And that's what we strive to do each and every day of our lives, right? As those of us who are born again Christians is show that love of Christ to everyone regardless of of anything, regardless of anyone, uh, uh, race, um, um, color, whatever the case might be, that we would show that love, that redemptive love of Christ with every person. That is a fantastic testimony. Amen. For verse 10, which reads, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I fathered in my imprisonment, we continue to glean from the commentary we just read of the Believer's Bible, uh, which actually states here in the original of this verse. So the original text in this verse, verse 10, uh, uh, the, the name Onesimus comes last. So in other words, it says, I appeal to you concerning a son of mine whom I have become, begotten while in my chains, Onesimus. So he, in the original, Onesimus's name is put at the end of this uh, uh, write-up, writing or verse, I should say. By the time Philemon reached the name of his derelict slave, he was completely disarmed. Imagine his surprise when he learned that the scoundrel had been converted and even more surprising had been led to Christ through Paul, the prisoner. One of the hidden delights of the Christian life is to see God working in marvelous, miraculous ways, revealing himself in converging circumstances that cannot be explained by coincidence or chance. Let me pause there a moment because as I'm I'm reading this, I'm thinking, imagine for a moment Philemon reading Paul's letter. First of all, the excitement of receiving a letter from Paul, uh, his 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 brother in the Lord, his brother in Christ in the Lord, his fellow co his co-worker, his fellow worker in the ministry of, 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 of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, yet again, as well, his mentor receiving this letter and, and reading the first few verses, he must have felt so touched by Paul's writing and by Paul's uh, 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 exaltation of him, if you will. And then all of a sudden reading the name Onesimus, it must have caught him by surprise and how the Believer's Bible Commentary says that uh, he must have uh, been so surprised to learn that this scoundrel had been converted. Imagine for a moment, okay, picture, picture this for a moment. You know how I always love to reel it back and try to bring it to um, uh, not just our present time, but bring it to a personal uh, way, if you will. But imagine, if you will, reading seeing or hearing uh, or getting the news of someone that you have held kind of in contempt for a long time or perhaps have unforgiveness towards or thought that this person was downright evil or bad, for whatever you want to call it, and all of a sudden you read that this person gave their life to Christ. How would you receive that news? Think about that for a minute. Would you be skeptical? Would you have 
ungodly thoughts? Would you doubt that they really had a true conversion? Think about it. Think about that for a minute as I continue to read here. It says, first Paul had led Philemon to the Lord. Then the apostle had later been arrested and taken to Rome for trial. Philemon's slave had run away and made his way to Rome. Somehow or other, he had met Paul and had been converted. Master and slave were both born again through the same preacher, but in widely separated places and under quite different circumstances. Was it a coincidence? Wow. End quote there. So, I, so you know that that's the end of that um, Believer's Bible commentary. I thought it was so neat to read that because it's so true. Wow, no coincidences with God. We should know and realize by now that there are no coincidences with God. Here, uh, two, two I, 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 for lack of a better word, two extreme cases, if you will. You've got Philemon who gave his life to the Lord through Paul. And then Philemon's runaway slave somehow, some way, by God's divine order, meets Paul. And Paul leads him to the Lord. That's why he calls him his son. Amen? And so these two different circumstances, these two different worlds, if you will, collide in such a beautiful way. You know, forgiveness is a powerful thing. It's an inexplicable action that frees us in ways we may not fully understand. Honestly, if you think about it, I know that in 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 one way or another, uh, many of you that are out there listening to this message can honestly say, I know what you mean, Pastor Eva, because I've, I've been to a place where I've had to forgive certain individuals. And yet on the flip side of that, I mean, I, I can uh, understand that many of you probably are in a position where you say that uh, you can agree or you can uh, confess to the fact that you really haven't forgiven, forgiven someone or some individuals in your life. However, it is, forgiveness is something that cannot be explained. Honestly, if you think about it, forgiveness is something that is so inexplicable. And I believe that there is such a spiritual connotation here because it is a it holds a freeing factor that we cannot uh, tangibly hold on to and say, aha, it's this. It, 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 I think it belongs in the spirit realm. And when that happens, when you uh, confess that you have unforgiveness and yet at the same time release that unforgiveness to the Lord and say, I, I choose to forgive, I believe that something supernaturally takes place and it affects us in the natural realm. Amen? Would you agree with that? When we forgive, we are set free from mental torment and spiritual bondage. It's a fact. Forgiveness releases the other person as well. So while you are being held captive in your own unforgiveness in a way you are holding that other person captive because of your unforgiveness 
Holding back forgiveness causes you to be entrapped. And I want you to hear me tonight. I want you to understand that this is a fact. You may not feel that way, but spiritually speaking, you certainly are. You've been trapped by the enemy into believing his lies. When one doesn't forgive, he or she tends to replay the offense over and over in their minds. And you see, that's a, that's a scheme of the enemy. Because you know how he always wants to play out things in your mind and, and torment you and steal you of your joy and of your peace and of your comfort and of your uh, identity with Christ and just so many other blessings that God has for us. But he wants to steal and destroy every single thing uh, that God has for us. And so there are many times when we hold uh, unforgiveness, when we, when we keep ourselves from forgiving others that we hold ourselves in a trapped cage if you will and we don't even realize it ourselves and you know you might be you might be watching this tonight and you might be thinking you know pastor that i have i've forgiven so and so or you know that's in the past i've forgotten about that well tonight i want to not really necessarily bring past bad memories into your remembrance or into the surface onto the surface today what i really want you to get into your mind and into your heart is if there's anyone that you haven't forgiven for you to do that tonight but also for those of you that may have the um the thought or the thinking that you have forgiven but yet there's still something lingering in there. And when, when you begin to replay things over and over again, you've got to really take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and say to yourself and to the enemy that you have truly forgiven and you've given that up to the Lord. You see, unforgiveness is a form of entrapment. Later, you find yourself in a prison where your heart can turn cold towards others and and including your loved ones so we've got to be watchful of that you may not realize that that this has happened to you and you may even think that you have forgiven like i said a minute ago however as soon as something happens similar to what you went through or maybe you hear of a story of someone that went through something similar to what you went through uh, that begins to like reopen those thoughts uh, begin to uh, come rushing in and that, that scab begins to become raw again. So those kinds of things are the things that I want you to tackle tonight. I want once and for all before we end this message tonight that you would give that once and for all to the Lord and that it will have no part of you any longer and that your heart, you can truly say that your heart is clean of any offense, clean of any unforgiveness because you've given it to Jesus. Hallelujah. So when those thoughts come rushing in, that's when we need to surrender it to God once and for all and decide to fully, fully, wholeheartedly, not partially, wholeheartedly forgive. Not to keep a little tiny unforgiveness there in one little section of your heart. No, for your heart to be completely made whole. You don't know if that person 
or persons have given their life to Jesus, much like Onesimus. And even if they haven't, we should release them anyways. Would you agree with that? Did not God forgive us when we ourselves should have been the ones hanging on that cross? Think about that. We, we say that a lot of times and a lot of people that want to hold on forgiveness, they go, oh yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And the fact of the matter is that they continue to keep themselves in a jail and in a prison. But oh, the grace and the mercy of God, amen? Before we came to Christ, we too were slaves to sin. And upon receiving his gift of redemption, uh, we in turn were then made free. And I don't know about you, but I am surely glad to have been set free. I want you to hear me tonight. Don't put yourself back in bondage by the sin of unforgiveness. Don't put yourself back into bondage by the sin of unforgiveness. Would you agree that our actions affect others? We cannot measure the range of our influence. We have limitless potential for good or for evil. Which will you choose? And I want to ask you tonight, as I try to bring this short, brief message to a close, who do you need to forgive? Who comes to mind as we have been reading scripture and as we have been speaking about forgiveness? Who comes to mind when you uh, read about Onesimus giving his life to the Lord and, and him being reunited with Philemon? Who, who do you think of as we read this story? In Philemon, we don't know the crime that Onesimus committed as it's not mentioned. Perhaps he stole from Philemon, which could be the case because we read in verse 18 a moment ago uh, that Paul states that if Onesimus owed him anything to charge it to his own account. What, what, uh, what a display of mercy and of grace. Amen? So maybe someone has stolen your peace. Maybe someone has stolen your joy. Maybe that person did you a great deal of harm or negatively influenced a friendship or relationship that you had with someone else. Whatever the case was or whatever the case is, I exhort you this evening to forgive. This topic really is so important to God and it's so important to Jesus. It's so important to him that Jesus himself spoke about it, including in the model prayer and the Lord's prayer. And it's also mentioned throughout the entire Bible. If you go to Bible Gateway and you enter the, the word forgive or forgiveness, you will find countless, countless of scripture verses pertaining to the topic of forgiveness. In Matthew 6, 12, and also in verses 14 and 15, I'll read it to you. It says, forgive our debts. This is the end part of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
Verse 14 and 15 say, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So you see, there's this um, circle, if you will, that if you hold back forgiveness towards someone or, or several people, God in turn will hold back forgiving you. And I don't know about you, but I think that that is huge. I think that I'd rather forgive and release. And, and, and in turn, if I need forgiveness, which we all do, right? Then I'm free to be forgiven by the Father because I hold no grudge, no resentment, no bitterness, no hatred, no offense, no unforgiveness towards another person. Also in Mark eleven twenty five through 26, Jesus says, whenever you stand praying, listen, this is a powerful, powerful, powerful scripture. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father who's in heaven forgive your transgressions. So let's unpack that for just a quick moment, shall we? If you stand praying, but you're holding unforgiveness towards anyone, I would dare say, don't pray. Because guess what? You're holding back. You're holding back the blessings that God has for you. You're holding back God from forgiving you. And like I said a second ago, we all need forgiveness. Every single day, I'll have you know that we're not, we're not perfect in any way, shape, or form. We could have thought something that wasn't pleasing to God and was a sin. We could have said something, acted in a certain way that was a sin towards God. We've sinned towards God each and every day. That's why when, when I lay my head on my pillow every night, I tell the Lord, Lord, if there was anything that I did today in these 24 hours that wasn't pleasing to you, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of falling short of your glory. Forgive me of my sins, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, I, you, you, you've got to pray this. Lord, if, if there's any part of me, any, any little tiny bit section in my heart that I have unforgiveness towards anyone, God, I release them right now in Jesus' name. And I ask you to forgive me. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to read Mark 11, 25 through 26 again. I hope you're jotting that one down and highlighting it in your Bible. And and listen, get a three by five card and go ahead and, and put it in your mirror. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it every single day. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father in heaven who will also forgive your transgressions. This is not a suggestion, ladies and gentlemen. This is a command. By Jesus himself, because it's in red letters. It says, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. Forgiveness is not always easy. I understand that. It's a choice that we need to make. You can be set free from the burden of unforgiveness through the power of God's word. That's why I called this today the power of forgiveness. 
Make it a point to go through scriptures pertaining to forgiveness and you'll soon begin to sense the healing balm of God's word over you as you meditate on them. Like I said a moment ago, go ahead and, <clears throat> and find all of the scripture verses that pertain to the topic of forgiveness. And I, I, uh, I challenge you to read those scriptures, meditate on them, and if there's anyone that begins to come to mind as you're reading them, boom, that's the person you need to forgive. That's the person or those are the persons that you need to let go. Give to God. Surrender them to God. If, if you know for a fact that they don't know the Lord, hand them over to the Lord and say, Father, I pray that you'll send someone their way. That they would come to a place of repentance and accepting you as Lord and Savior. Because see, by you saying that you're actually coming in agreement with God's word. Because he wants none to perish, but all to come to repentance. See how powerful that is? Hallelujah. The book of Philemon doesn't say if Philemon forgave and received Onesimus back again. However, I'm under the belief that he did. Why do I say that? Because of the beginning portions of Paul's letter to Philemon and how he described Philemon and how I, I can sense that Philemon respected, admired, and loved Paul so much that he took him seriously when he said, receive him back to you. So that's right there, a picture of just a beautiful redemption and beautiful forgiveness on the part of Philemon towards his ex-slave. Amen. I can picture a scene in my mind where Onesimus is walking toward Philemon and he's greeted with open arms as a brother in Christ, no longer a slave, but a free man. Can you picture that together with me? What a beautiful, beautiful story. So, the choice is yours. Will you choose to extend mercy? Will you choose to show grace to others even though you may feel they don't deserve it? You know what? They might not because of the things that they did, whatever it was that they did. Will you choose to forgive those that have wronged you, even those that are closest to you? So as we close in prayer, I want you to think for a moment if in fact anyone has come to mind as we have been sharing this short word with you then that's the person that you need to surrender to God and just say Lord I forgive them I choose to forgive them now because Lord you forgave me and you forgive me when I come before you and ask you for forgiveness. So therefore, I want to continue to have that rapport with you, O oh God. Where I can freely come to you with a, with a genuine heart. With a heart free of any offense. With a heart free of any unforgiveness. And I can truly ask you to forgive me, Father. And you in turn forgive me because I have released every single person that I may have in the past held offense against. Oh God, I thank you. For the forgiving power, Lord, that you have given us. Thank you for your forgiveness towards us. I receive it, God. 
in Jesus' name. And so right there where you're at, just begin. If you are in a place where you're by yourself and maybe a private place, begin to say the name or the names of those individuals that have wronged you and that maybe you feel that you haven't fully forgiven. And if you're uh, surrounded by other people, just in your mind, the Lord can read your mind, go ahead and name those people. And say, God, I forgive so-and-so. God, I, I release them to you. God, reach down to the crevices of their hearts, oh God, and bring them to you. Oh, Holy Spirit, bring someone their way that they would receive the Lord Almighty God as, as their Lord and as their Savior. I release them today in Jesus' mighty name. And now I am free, God, of any bondage, of any jail that I entrapped myself in from the past. I am free to forgive from here on forward anyone else that may offend me. And I know, God, that if I stand praying that I have forgiven, and yet you forgive me as well. Oh, thank you, Abba, for this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Wow, how powerful that is. Amen. The power of forgiveness. Please share this message with your friends and your family. Perhaps there's someone in your heart or in your life or in your family that you know that you know that needs to hear a message like this. Simple as it may be, but powerful nonetheless. Share it with them. Amen. So God bless you. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you again for subscribing and for liking our uh, messages. We appreciate it so much. Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his name be gracious to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Tune in on Sunday. Remember that we have service at 81 Hook Square, the city of Miami Springs. Visit us on our website at wordoffaithglobal.org. And our services begin at 11 and we live stream around 10:45 to 11. Come early for a time of prayer at 9:30 as well at our church. God bless you. Take care, and we'll see you very, very soon. Take care.